Being disabled or having a chronic illness can feel like you're moving forward in reverse. I'm your host, Scott Martin. Join me and my new friends from this underrepresented community as we talk about disrupting the status quo and creating change within the world and within ourselves. Hey, life's a road trip. Hop in. Let's turn on some tunes and go. With me in the passenger seat and managing the radio for this road trip is Pradeep Rao. Pradeep has over 30 years of experience in the military, academia, corporate, and professional skydiving domains. His rich experience, coupled with his expertise from professional certifications, empowers him to inspire people to unleash their potential and achieve personal and professional excellence. As an ex-major in a specialist unit of the Indian Army, he has combat experience in Sri Lanka and Punjab. Pradeep has survived firefights, close quarter combat, a plane crash, a parachute crash, and emerged triumphant each time. Though facing two complicated spinal surgeries and despite medical pronouncement that he would be paralyzed from the waist down, Pradeep partially walks now and credits his indomitable will to survive and thrive. Hi, Pradeep. Hi, Scott. How's it going? I'm doing fine. We are, I think, 10 and a half hours apart. Uh, which is really cool. This is the furthest that the show has stretched from uh, little old uh, central Wisconsin. So I have been reading up on you and I contacted you after I heard about something we're going to talk about later in the show. But first, we want to get into uh, some base on you and things that you're doing and lead up to what the main topic is. So let's talk about skydiving. And I'm curious, should someone that's interested in skydiving try bungee jumping first? Uh, no, these are two uh, you know, different things. Uh, skydiving is a totally different experience, uh, so uh, you can't compare the two at this. Okay, that's what I want to get into and see if you can describe it uh, for our listeners more, because I, I would assume that, sky, that uh, listeners have observed skydiving, maybe some of them have skydiving. They, it's kind of a fearful thing for a lot of folks, but We'll, we'll dig into it. I'm always looking for a thread that runs through my guests. And I, I want to get into skydiving with you. How old were you when you first became interested in skydiving? What was it like for you jumping out of a plane for the first time? Oh, well, uh, it was in 1994 uh, when I had just uh, left the army and uh, I wanted to uh, not really get into skydiving, but uh, just to, uh, you know, experience it. But at that time in India, uh, we didn't have any skydiving. So I had to postpone it for 10 years. So the first time oh. I jumped out of a plane was uh, in 2004 in New Zealand. So I went to New Zealand to do a nine months course, which is a diploma course in commercial skydiving. And uh, well, uh, when I first jumped out of the airplane, uh, nothing new because uh, we had uh, done it uh, back in the army. So it, but, but my free fall was something new for me. So could you please go back into it because you're probably not as fearful anymore, but talk about the emotions of preparing a shoot to getting into the plane, to going up and then just letting her rip. What, what, what are the emotions about the entire process? Pretty. Okay. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, when when you start thinking about skydiving, the first thing you think about is the height. Okay, it's going to be yeah. high, real high. Uh, yes. So, yes. So uh, uh, that is one. Uh, secondly, is uh, you uh, you know look up some videos on skydiving. You see other people doing it. So the thought that goes in my went in my mind was well if others can do it i can do it too no big deal so uh, that's what so and when, when you see the parachute being packed by a professional packer and you get instruction by a certified and a qualified instructor and when you see the training process uh, even for a tandem jump uh, you are considered a tandem student uh, we mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, you know uh, we follow the uspa united states parachute association standards in our drop zone and even in in, in new zealand that uh, they had the uspa standards so uh, you are confident about the instructor uh, who is going to take you on a tandem jump uh, and he uh, uh, i mean they show you a video about what's going to happen and uh, the the training that you you go through it's it's just around 15 20 minutes but that gives you a lot of confidence and then you you know talk to other people and you see some landings so you say okay yeah this is something that i can do so uh, it, it i mean fear goes away and excitement takes over that's how it is Okay. Okay. One of the things that stuck out, and I would imagine it stuck out for listeners too, is 15 to 20 minutes of preparation. And then, and then you just go, All yes. right, well, I guess you have to be ready for it anyway. If you, if you're interested, you must have something tickling inside of you that wants to just do it. So you may as well just get it over with. Um, listeners should be aware that they can go on, uh, uh, the, uh, life's a road trip website or the other sites such as uh, Apple and, and uh, Amazon and things. And, and there should be a link in there. So you could see a video that uh, Pradeep has produced. Who is the person that's in the wheelchair that jumps out of the plane in that video? Uh, oh, well, uh, that's uh, Lonnie Bissonnette. Uh, he's, he's a Canadian uh, jumper. Uh, he also base jumps uh, with a wheelchair. So he's wow. a great guy and he is going to be a part of this world record attempt and we are going to form a formation around him. So he'll be in the center in the wheelchair and we'll oh. be around him. Very cool. Very cool. Let's, so um, in doing uh, skydiving, obviously you had been in the military and in firefights and things probably before this around the same time. How did this affect your life? Did it help you with any other fears that you had going on at the time uh, by just uh, skydiving and jumping out of a plane? Did it help you prepare for anything else? Oh, well, uh, uh, before I went skydiving, I was in the army. And after I left the army, I did my MBA and uh, I was uh, selling high and very high end IBM servers like the RS6000 and AS400. And uh, I had uh, started India's uh, first uh, institute uh, of uh, e-business, Indian Institute of e-business. So, uh, and and to let go of all these things is uh, what I started skydiving for. And I became a professional skydiver uh, post-2004. So, uh, uh, actually, no, uh, skydiving was uh, something that, uh, you know, uh, let me release all my... Uh, uh, positive uh, emotions and that is why I wanted uh, you know I went on to become an instructor I've got more than 4,000 jumps and I, I love to teach so I taught uh, students from all over the world I taught them uh, skydiving in Thailand okay so you mentioned something about inside of your emotions and things and I read something about you 
tell us about what consciousness intelligence is. And first of all, I'll mention to the listeners, again, it's consciousness intelligence. This is really cool. It is the attainment of clarity and perspective within our con- with, within our so- circumstances to bring about optimal results. Go with that, will you? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for me, uh, consciousness intelligence is the lived experience of the eternal and the infinite of unity while still being in the realm of, uh, you know, the material realm of duality. This is how see it and I uh, mesh it very, very closely with yoga. So uh, okay. this is how I think about consciousness intelligence because, and, and when I say yoga, I mean authentic yoga as it is at, as it should be because mm-hmm. nowadays we see a lot of uh, variations which focus more mainly on the asanas, which is the third step of the Ashtanga yoga. Ashtanga means eight. So the eight step, eight path yoga. Uh, so uh, which goes on from yam, niyam, asan, pranayam, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, samadhi. Now dhyana is what uh, is in English, which can be loosely translated into meditation. So when we talk of pratyahara, dhyana and uh, uh, dharana, so this is where this is where uh, consciousness intelligence comes in. So that is why I say it's a lived experience. You need to experience it. It cannot be kind of intellectualized or you know thought about or uh, read about in a book. Okay, because I remember when I was uh, playing soccer in college and beyond, transcendental meditation was bigger at that time. Do you use any music in doing that, or is it just complete quiet? Uh, well, uh, uh, my personal thing is silence uh, because okay. even even when even when uh, we say Om, uh, so if you study Om and when you internalize it, it is uh, you know uh, there are uh, four stages of consciousness that Om describes. So okay. uh, which is the first one is Jagrat, that means the awakened state when you are awake, and then is Swapna, that is the dream state. And then it's Shushupti, uh, where dream is the REM state, rapid eye movement. And Shushupti mm-hmm. is when, you know, dreamless state. And the fourth state is Turiya. So Turiya is the silence part. So when you recite Om and when you finish the last Om, mm, and then when you go into silence, that is where, uh, you know, you, 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 your consciousness intelligence starts. That is where it is. Interesting, because... I, I coach youth soccer. Well, it's in it's at the high school level. And so many times they, they want to play their type of music. <laughs> and I just say, no, you got you to have it off so you can just chillax a little bit and get within yourself. So we're kind of talking about the same thing, but much deeper on your side. I, I'm going to have to do some more reading on this. I think it looks really cool. Um, recently, you posted the following. Being and enjoying life is a decision. And like all decisions, it has consequences. Once you accept the consequences, freedom follows. That's right. That's that's really profound. And you're talking about before you get into doing something, you have to understand, uh, obviously, the consequences and accept those before moving forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about some sort of an example in, in life that somebody might need this and they it could help them? Yes. Uh, see, uh, so I mean, I mean, uh, I, I don't claim to be a guru, or you know, I no, don't no, claim no. to have a you know a, a, a 
you know the knowledge to guide somebody in in something that i don't know but uh, in this one uh, you know definitely you can think of it as uh, for example uh, people say follow your dreams you know uh, uh, you know vague Yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, this uh, nine-to-five job is not for you. Well, follow your dreams and trust me, you'll be okay. There, there are people and, and many coaches, so to say, who say that. And uh, if you are if you if you are in a certain circumstance of life, you might be tempted to say, yeah, 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 you know, let's put aside all this and let's jump into that. Now, so this is where you need to understand where what the consequences are. And if you see yourself that, okay, if I, you know, have nothing tomorrow, how will I feel and how will i live and what about my family and so on and if you say okay because this is what the buddha did you know you, mm-hmm. so you you need to have mm-hmm. the, the the strength inside to face what is going to follow and unless you have clarity of thought uh, you can't do that but if you have the clarity then you get you get you feel that you know that perfect freedom that uh, one is supposed to feel when you uh, detach from this material world so that is what I meant. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a player, as it became, as I matured, I was able to walk onto any match and I was already in the zone because I knew how to do it. So again, it's the same thing, being able to detach from any negatives and just focus on what's here and now and the positive side. God, you're making me think, man, this is, this is great. I haven't, I haven't thought like this in a while and it, and it feels good. So let's get into some of the main stuff here. You're the founder of the World Association of Skydivers with Disabilities. Could you first, before we get into the big thing, tell us about that group? Okay, uh, so uh, I had an accident in uh, 2016, uh, which broke my spine, uh, seven vertebrae smashed. Now I've got 24 inches of titanium and eight screws holding my spine together. Shit. And I was told uh, that, okay, you're not going to walk again. You'll most probably bedridden if you get yourself into a wheelchair. That will be an achievement and so on. But... Uh, uh, I didn't agree with that. So I took myself to the, the moment I, I could, you know, uh, uh, get myself into a wheelchair. I took myself to China. I was in China for a year and a half and I did acupuncture. And then I learned, uh, you, uh, you know, uh, Ayurveda. I learned Reiki. I learned uh, alternative uh, medicine and I applied it on myself. And uh, I, I would like to think that I probably, uh, after the surgeries, of course, uh, I mean, modern medicine is fantastic. It saves your life, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is a limit to it. And after a certain limit, even the doctors, they kind of lose interest because it's a long drawn out process, you know. Uh, so they say, okay, okay, you know, you do physiotherapy and this, uh, but don't expect too much. This is what they actually tell you. And maybe it's because of insurance reasons or legal reasons, whatever. I, I, I have no, uh, you know, fight with that but anyway uh, i mean because and this is personal so you you need to you know lead your own life so i said that i'm going to study all these things and i'm going to heal myself and that is what i did and then once i could uh, uh, partially walk then i started reaching out to my uh, friends in the skydiving community which is all over the world okay. and I, I i found many many of my friends uh, who had a similar case or, or they had you know uh, amputated legs and uh, you know arms and so on and of course from my, my military uh, colleagues so i said that you know uh, we we need to form something which is not there which is uh, an association of mm-hmm. disabled skydivers 
so once i uh, uh, talked about this idea with a few friends they found it to be very interesting and they said yes this is what we should do uh, so one of them asked me but after we form this association what will we do and that is that precise moment i said okay we are going to burst on the world stage and we okay. are going to we are going to have a we are going to create a world record uh, by cool. people like us and we were going to you know attach it or, or link it to the disabled advocacy thing uh, worldwide so that okay. is how that's it that is how it was born okay and that takes us to kind of a big moment which uh requires a little bit of there we go hey on 3 december 2023 that's coming up and yes, it's United Nations International Day of Persons with Disabilities. What's happening in Thailand on that day, Pretty? Tell us all about this. Well, uh, on that day, we are going to create the largest freefall formation by skydivers with disabilities. Uh, so okay. this is this is the world record which we are going to create. And uh, when I when I say we are going to create, uh, I'm very very definitive about it because a lot of people uh, said uh, you are saying you are going to create it, but will it happen? How how can you say for sure that it will happen? Okay, I said okay. yes. Uh, so I will I will uh, go into that a little later. So uh, so yeah. So this is what is going to happen on that day, and uh, it's going to happen on, in 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 Thailand, and we have. Uh, kind of uh, made pre all the preparations for that. Some preparations are still, uh, you know, uh, going on, uh, but but it's going to happen, trust me. Okay, how many people? Okay, so uh, we are going to attempt uh, between 17 and 20 people. Now, uh, we are going to make a formation. Uh, on the face of it, uh, 17 to 20 doesn't seem a big number because the number of able-bodied skydivers which have made a formation again in Thailand now way back in 2006, I think, is 400. So okay. there were wow. 400 uh, uh, skydivers in formation. But uh, when we talk about skydivers with disabilities, uh, you can imagine a person, uh, you know, struggling to be normal here on the ground. Yeah, uh, how yeah. how it would be for him or her to exit an aeroplane and then come together in a formation. That means you either hold your hands or hold somebody's foot. Uh, it might not be a foot; it might be a blade. You know. Mm. So uh, so we are uh, we are just uh, taking uh, something. You know, not trying to bite more than you know uh, more than we can chew, mm -hmm. so to speak. So we are starting off with this, uh, and uh, right now there is no uh, uh, record like this in the world. So, and and the second thing we have in Thailand, which is a limitation, is the aircraft. We don't have very big aircrafts in in Thailand. Got it. So uh, we are we we are we are thinking big, but we are starting small. Okay, you've got to start. Hey, it, when you were just talking, a thought came to me. I sh maybe I should have asked it earlier, but so you have. Uh, metal rod in your spine correct yes titanium okay yeah. so two things make me think one is does this make you free when you're skydiving feel free because you're just floating are so are the the weights of your body taking off taken off of that pressure that may be in your back and you're just actually bring a different uh idea to the concept of free falling are you free Yes, absolutely. In fact, that is one of the uh, punchlines that I use, cripple on the ground, but awesome in the air. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Next thing that comes to my mind, Pradeep, is when you land, 
how are you landing? Because obviously you can't land on your feet and do the roll like we all are aware of. How do you land? Oh, well, I land on my butt. Uh, you know, I slide in. Okay. And sometimes I okay. can stand, but the moment I stand, I, I just, uh, you know, go on to my knees. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. but most of the times I, I slide in, which is uh, not, not a big deal, actually. Okay. Well, that's good to know, too. All right. So let's get into modern day doing something like this. You've got to be out on in the social media. So there's something I read called, uh, you guys take it as the social media storm. And you wrote, uh, we are partnering with Foxy Moron, Zoom Media, to yes. create a social media storm wherein we will reach <laughs> reach out to 45 million targeted viewers on Meta, Facebook, yeah, yeah. and YouTube. Yes. That must be something in itself on the organizational part. These these groups are buying in then, I take it. Uh, no, well, we, we are buying them. I mean, we are oh, paying okay. money. We, we, this is paid. This is a paid thing. Uh, this is okay. not organic. This is not organic. Uh, this is a paid thing. And uh, plus, uh, we, are, we have got Twitter as well now. Okay. And so th this is coming about, and I, I've read about the social media platforms are going to be used. Well, you, like again, Facebook, Twitter, is that you're going to be asking people, especially within the group or their friends, and it'll just balloon out for people to hop on board and help promote this as it's happening. Uh, that is one part of it. Uh, uh, but the second part of it is uh, we are going to be pushing, you know, rather than pulling. Uh, so this, okay. uh, yeah, so uh, we are going to, like I said, we are going to be buying uh, uh, the, this, this uh, push from these platforms. Okay. So when this is happening, you've got to be doing something uh, preliminary. Well, you're on this show and I saw the need for you. And if we can help, that's, that's all the better. You know, now we're under five months to go and your show is actually going to be coming out maybe in, yeah, it will be coming out in August. So you're going to be down to under four months ago when this show comes out. Uh, is there anything else you guys are going to be doing preliminarily in order to get some word out? Yes. Uh, so uh, one of, uh, we have got three missions here. Uh, one is the mission achievability. Now achievability, uh, what we are doing is we are uh, taking in two or possibly even now three uh, persons with disabilities who have never skydived before. We are going to train yeah. them in our adaptive, uh, we have got an academy called ASSET, A-S-S-E-T, uh, Adaptive Skydiving, Scuba Diving, Education and Training. So we will train these two or possibly three uh, PWDs uh, uh, we will get them up to speed, maybe, uh, uh, you know, so that they can hold up in the base and we are going to uh, involve them in the world record. So this achieves two things for us. So one is it validates our uh, adaptive training program. It validates our adaptive uh, uh, gear that is equipment. And it shows that, uh, you know, uh, it, it takes care of uh, some people saying, oh, you were all experienced skydivers before and, you know, then making it. A, it is not a big okay. deal. But here are three people or two people, uh, you know, uh, novices, so to speak, but they have done it. So if, if they can do it, anybody can do it. And and, and okay. this is the whole, uh, this is the whole, uh, you know, uh, aim behind doing this is to uh, we have uh, coined a thing. It is, uh, you know, reignite hope and rediscover will in uh, PWDs. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. So as my mind is churning, I, I'm thinking about uh, not pitfalls, but areas where 
you know, uh, groups that you need to be uh, reaching out to. I'm, I'm thinking about the disability advocacy websites and portals. I mean, obviously I've got a decent amount of followers and I'll get it out through this show. Uh, I take it that you and other people have as well. And you're going to be kind of knocking on people's doors uh, online yeah. by saying, Hey, can you help us promote this? Yes. Okay. Yes. And then sports websites, is anybody picking up on that? I mean, I'm thinking that, gosh, you might have ESPN might be interested or Sports Illustrated, heck, they're a magazine, are they still around? Um, you know, USA Today, if they're still around, uh, there might be some organizations and sports outlets that might want to pick this up because it sounds like it's extremely intriguing. So have you, do you have anybody in, in line with any of those? Uh, yes, uh, we we are. Uh, I mean, we we have reached out to all the big guns. Cool. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I must say that uh, we are finding it challenging to work up oh, yeah. through the ladder. And uh, uh, I would be very grateful if uh, you or any of your listeners, if you have somebody uh, uh, you know personally. Uh, mm -hmm. So just get the word in the quality and uh, the the the. The, the you know meat uh, i am going to convince them that's not the, not that's not an issue at all but reaching the correct person the decision maker is a challenge right now for us okay i found a list of some things that you use when you're reaching out and you probably have other companies or other opportunities like we've been talking about that you might be able to reach out to but here here's some of your pitch lines your elevator pitches that you could be making these people get global exposure for their brand and products, align their brand with positive values and qualities for, of the event and their participants, support a meaningful call. Boom. That's, that's simple. Uh, demonstrate inclusivity and diversity. I've had a bunch of people on this show that their job is to help businesses better understand their abilities or their inabilities to be reaching out and providing inclusivity and diversity. Mm -hmm. uh, demonstrate can do and trailblazer attitude. Um, motivate human resources. I mean, it, it goes on and on and anybody gets involved in these companies, it's positive PR. It's, it's just automatic. They, if they can tap into it, I'm sure you guys would be able to um, let them use your video and things and they well, can uh, use uh, your names. Yes. And not only that, uh, one thing which we have pitched to these corporates is, you know, like motivate HR. Now, how do you do that? I said, if you mm -hmm. have a disabled person working in your company, we'll train him, we'll put him in the world record. What do you say to that? Oh, man, that would be cool. That yeah. would be really cool for a company to be able to do that. I, I would give them uh, recognition for sure. Yeah. So one more thing I want to talk about as we're wrapping this up. It's, it's a documentary that's going to be created from this, I guess, yes. uh, from, from abyss to apex and the gentleman it's Prabhu. How do you pronounce his last? Okay. He has done work for national geographic and the history channel. You've got somebody like that on board to be able to do some of this production. Wow. What's, what are his plans? What does he foresee after the event occurs and he creates from abyss to apex? Uh, so uh, now we have uh, you know given this title Abyss to Apex, which it itself shows uh, the journey from where to where, because uh, okay. 
yeah because when uh, I, I i got into my accident and you know this you know, we we go through this uh, uh, let's say process of uh, you know disbelief uh, you know denial depression acceptance yeah. reskilling looking for work stabilizing and then helping others so this is kind of a process that uh, usually people go through because i have been talking to a lot of uh, people who have had accidents who are not disabled from birth so to speak okay. yeah. uh, uh, so uh, when when uh, so that is the abyss when, when you are down and and the apex is where, where you need to reach Got where it. you are where you are in a place to help other persons with disabilities that is the apex and so uh, so he said so so he's a award winning uh, uh, film director and 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 producer so uh, he said that the uh, stories of each of these skydivers especially those two or three uh, person one of them is a girl from Myanmar she lost her leg in a mine blast in Myanmar you know so we are uh, taking her in, her in she's a young girl maybe 22 23 years of age Uh, so the stories that uh, uh, these people have the challenges they have faced what adversities and you know how how they have uh, come out of it this is going to be a very emotional and 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 uh, motivate motivating uh, story and not one story but four five you know 15 17 stories uh, woven together and uh, okay i must mention here uh, scott is uh, this is where also companies or corporates can have uh, their uh, brand integration and product integration okay. into this uh, documentary which will be aired across okay so this is Got what's it. happening yeah okay so that's what you guys have to be able to that's what you have up your sleeve you can pitch okay i just want to mention one more time uh folks go on your calendar mark the 3rd of december of this year 2023 mark that down and then keep an eye out for this coming up because it's um, maybe you'll come across it heading into it or after they make the jump but information is going to be coming out on uh, what um, um, Pradeep and his folks are going to be doing so that takes us into a little something that we call uh, let's shift gears and get into with the road trip roundup five questions for you on your experience with uh, road trips okay Pradeep Yes. Okay. Here we go. Uh okay, Now, yes. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Uh so the road trip which comes to mind it's there on my LinkedIn profile. I uh, cycled uh, from uh, uh Leh uh, to Srinagar in you know January. January 30th is when I started, uh-huh. which is which is the you know height of winter. So it, it was a solo uh, bicycle uh, road trip uh, uh that, that is and that journey is kind of uh outlined there uh, in with pictures and with words well the road trip that i want to get into is sorry is not on a bicycle no that's all right yeah uh is in a car and so oh. we do yes this happens in the united states all the time we always talk about road trip and so i apologize if it's not in your culture but probably is i mean you guys go driving around just tooling around so when road tripping i don't know about in your country though we'll find out i'll ask do you tend to do fast food or local places to eat. Do you have fast foods? Yes, we have fast food. Probably and, all over the place. Of course. And and but but yeah, <laughs> I I I do local and yes, a road tripping Good. on a car or or what we call SUV or a, you know, jeep. Yes. Uh, that okay. is what we do and and the uh, most uh, uh, you know, popular uh, road trip is again in the Himalayas. Uh, oh. Yeah. So so we go from Delhi to uh, Manali to Leh uh, to Kargil and back. So that is that's wow. it is the most uh, popular. Wow, that's a little different for me. 
driving down to Tennessee or something. Okay. What would be your dream car on a road trip? It could have been something you grew up with that maybe your parents had, or you have uh, had, or something that, you know, you'd like to be able to have rented for you and you, you guys to, to go someplace. What's, what's the coolest car you'd like to be in? Uh, well, uh, uh, my dad was also in the army, so I have grown up in an army environment. Uh, we had a, a, a Jeep-like uh, yep. car. It was it, it was it was it was called a Jonga. It is a Nissan. It is a, a Japanese Nissan Jonga, uh, but very powerful engine. It had the powerful. Uh, it had the engine of a one ton. Uh, you know, brought it brought onto a Jeep. So very powerful. And it's made for mountains, wow. and that is why uh, you know. Okay. It was a. That's making sense. Car. Okay, I got it. Okay, let's see if you've done this. What's the last cassette or CD that played while you were on a road trip? Uh, I, I uh, go for Indian classical music. Okay, so you've got that playing all the time. All right. Yes. Question number four, straight up. I know you've got these. Coke or Pepsi, which do you prefer? Uh, Coke. Okay. Man, we're well over 90% of the people on this show say Coke. So um, last question for you. And and this, you know, you, you talked about the biking one, but this is going to be different. And maybe it has goes back to your childhood. You just take it wherever you want to go, Pradeep. What's your favorite road trip memory? Well, my favorite road trip memory, again, uh, uh, is, is during this bicycling trip because uh, there were these two uh, children who were playing and uh, mm-hmm. one of one of them uh, and it's a poor countryside you know uh, high up in the hills uh, not not uh, people don't have too much money there uh, mm-hmm. so so this this kid was uh, playing uh, almost barefoot uh, in the snow so yeah so so that kind of moved me and uh, whatever help i could give him i, I gave that but but i mean i i spent uh, around uh, one one and a half hours with the family and they op- they made tea for me and they offered me tea so uh, that interaction kind of uh, is, is with me so you didn't know these people you just happened to come about them and they open up their house to you yes yes i mean as a complete stranger there's still something that can be said about the good in people. (laughs) We hear about the crap in people so many times. Well, that wraps us up. And I want us to stay on and talk for just a couple of minutes uh, after we're done. I just want to say, challenge relax everybody and keep listening to Life's a Road Trip. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for listening. Check out previous episodes with new ones dropping each Tuesday. If you don't see a synopsis of this show where you're listening, visit our website at lifesaroadtrip.podbean.com for more information on this week's guest. This is your host, Scott Martin, reminding you that life's a road trip.